If we want to survive and even thrive in what's coming, we need to be aware of all the information, take it in, and of course, take action. That's so key. I'm going to cover all of that today. The first thing I want to look at is the cost of living increases that are coming for you in the UK, but of course that extend not just to Europe, but the rest of the world. The second thing, easy money days are behind us. They're gone. What does that mean for you? I'll get into that. I'm going to show you what the central banks are doing all around the world. And this has already begun. The third thing is the economy moving in a downward direction. I've got some indicators that show us we are pointed down. What can you do? What are the abilities that you have today? We're going to look at all of that and more. Let's begin. Now, I know every time you go to the pump, the prices are up. And I'm just showing you the statistics really quickly. I'm not going to beat a dead horse with this. Gas prices reach record highs in Orange and Los Angeles counties. Many places, not just around the U.S., but all around the world, people are paying more and more and more. And you could say it's for this reason or that reason. All that matters is that you as an individual, if you got to pay more at the pump, you've got less money for this and that. U.S. gas diplomacy won't avert price spike if Russian supplies are interrupted. This comes from John Kemp, who's always providing some really good details around this, the energy markets. And, you know, I find it to be interesting just to see what happens geopolitically. That is always a factor when we look at gas and oil, but you can break it down a little bit further. U.S. policymakers are reportedly hunting around the world for alternative sources of gas in the event of a conflict between Russia and NATO over Ukraine. What would happen here? Because, of course, imagine a lot of that is coming from Europe. You think about where they're getting their gas. A lot of that is coming from Russia and what would happen. Now, of course, this is a whole episode in itself to talk about the geopolitical tensions, but a lot of it is just being drummed up. We will see what happens. So this could be, you could see, the rival producer, Qatar. What will happen? You know, you, you could look at this and have to think for yourself, there's always an advantage to having more than one partner, more than one supplier. You want that. Look at what happened with the supply chain snarls and everything that was in, you know, going on from 2020. Suddenly, oh, we can't get stuff out of China. Then they had to say, oh, Vietnam, can you help us? You know, this country, can you help us? We need to do business a little bit more intelligently. And we just learned the hard way. My friends in the UK, I hate to read this stuff, but here we are. The Bank of England says the UK households must brace themselves for the biggest annual fall in their standard of living since comparable records began three decades ago. Wow. I mean, you've got to understand, you've got growth shrinking. At the same time, you've got inflation picking up. I keep on hearing there's deflation, deflation, deflation. I keep hearing that story. That might be something that actually occurs at this time. There's no deflation. Okay, You can look at the money velocity. I get it. Trust me. But where is it? Where is that showing up in the real world? Where? Please tell me. Please let me know in the comments below. The Bank of England now reckons inflation will peak at 7.25% this spring, but it might also be worth bearing in mind their previous forecasts, which you can see in the chart. 
they're never right. It's not just the Bank of England, it's the Federal Reserve, it's the Treasury Departments for all of these countries. Just look at it all. When you see time and time again, incorrect, incorrect, or maybe not so incorrect, maybe it was just to keep the masses subdued. This is just showing you the you know what's expected. What does the worst year for living standards in at least three decades look like in chart form? Here it is, coming from the Bank of England. Worse than post-financial crisis. Worse than Black Wednesday, 1992. The biggest fall in disposable incomes on record. If this is the case, what does that mean for spending? If people have less money, well, they have to take on more debt so we could see debt rising. But what does that do for the individual stores, and businesses. Well, obviously, they are not going to have that income. Instead of people going for a higher tier on something, they're going to have to choose the cheaper one. Less spending overall because necessities are becoming more expensive. And it doesn't take a genius to figure that one out. You already knew that. But here we are today. Now, I want to look at what's happening to talk about the easy money. I will cover this a thousand times if it's necessary, but the easy money days are behind us. Look at this. Goodbye easy money as hawkish central banks speed up the rate hikes. Speed up the rate hikes. Bank of England ECB turned more aggressive last week as the Fed eyes lift off. JP Morgan says that half the world economy will have hiked by April. Half of the world's economy will have hiked by April. This is not a story of, are they going to increase interest rates? My friends, they are already doing this. Around the world, we have seen this. The Bank of Canada next month. The Bank of England did it. Look at this. Look at this. Central banks take a hawkish stance. So we look at this. More than a dozen have already hiked rates in 2022. 2022 has seen already, already a dozen hiking rates. And many of them, of course, will be doing so in the coming months. Just look at that. And as they mentioned here, as I've talked about many times before, the People's Bank of China going in the opposite direction. They're actually cutting. Interesting to say the least. Some of them, you know, Japan is now kind of moving a little bit over and saying, well, you know, maybe later we'll do that. And some expect Japan to actually do so in, in 2022. I don't know. I really don't know about that one. But certainly it looks like the other central banks would. Now, what would this do? Well, as I've talked about before, the underwear index is a interesting statistic, but I like to call it the underpants index just because it sounds funnier. This is something that is going to really skew the underpants index because once this happens, there's going to be a need for a lot of underpants because they're going to be soiled. Hate to say it. Hate to break it to people. But that's the way it goes. Now, what am I talking about here? I know it's ridiculous. Yes. Think for a second. Think for one second here. We are in a time in which there is this 
incredible rise from March 2009 up until present day. There was one dip in between this period and that it happened in uh, you know early 2020. One dip the entire time. It's just a straight line up. All of the statistics, all the indicators, everything we've used has been completely thrown out the window. And why? Because the Federal Reserve is there. In the event that the Federal Reserve um, you know, sees an issue, they're going to pump money in. What has changed here and what people refuse to acknowledge has been that the Federal Reserve has made it very clear that they are going to increase rates to stop inflation, just as they've said in you know many decades ago. And you might say to yourself, no, no, because what's going to happen here is that things are going to get worse in the stock market and the Federal Reserve is going to pump money in. Think about this. All of the rhetoric, everything that's happening around the globe, central banks have started to do this, we have watched inflation climbing, and then we are going to see the Federal Reserve say, actually, we're not going to do what we said. They're, by the way, they're already on pace because they've uh, started to tighten up, not the Fed funds rate, but in other ways. So they're going to back off. What does that do to their forward guidance? Because a lot of what the Fed does is they use forward guidance, which is basically, let me tell the markets what's going on before it happens. That would completely destroy their credibility. I don't think people understand that. Some people. We are in a time in which every action and word and everything that the Federal Reserve does the markets are completely locked in that. If they flip, it's going to ruin that all. Unless that's what they want. Well, we never know. At least what we get at face value. Now, they could increase rates just one time in March. They could do it one time. 0.25%. They bring it up. They've stopped the money printing, but they haven't let go. This could give them pause. And they could just stay here for six months. You know, that, that range of 0.25% to 0.5%. They could kind of there, and then and then let's say the market's just tanked, then they could reduce it after. Maybe. But they have to go through with it, or it's going to ruin their garbage credibility. That's my message. Okay. I really wanted to spend a moment on that really quickly here. Facebook's face plant on Wall Street could be just the beginning for some tech stocks. We have seen what happened with the markets. You can look at what's going on here. There has been a bounce up ever since approximately, you know, uh, 24th of January. And we see that. We see that big change. We could look at the indicators and what has happened here. More money has been moving into the markets. This yellow line, I don't know if you could see that here. It's a thin yellow line. That's the accumulation distribution, just giving you an idea of you know, the, the price action and the movement along with the actual uh, the charts itself. But essentially just showing us more money is being put into bets, uh, you know, moving the market higher. Okay. That's all I'm trying to show you. Like there, there's more velocity behind that move. That's all. But what has happened here? A big fundamental 
shift, right? Adults back in charge of the stock market as the Fed awakens big money. Retail buying dwarfed by institutional selling in January. Interesting, right? Looking at that, I, I think it's important to see what has happened. We're not seeing money going into GME and AMC. It's going into other companies, staples, and you know what you would call the you know safety plays and all kinds of things that were very different. That's why the Dow is outperforming, uh, let's say the small caps, for instance. Very very different situation today. You can read this if you are interested. As always, I want to get to the information. Okay, stick with me. Stick with me. ISM new orders year over year predicts negative stock returns. Going back all the way 2003 up until the present. And there's always going to be variances, but this is the way it goes. And ISM new orders declining. Now we've got the supply chain issues. We've got all kinds of wacky things. But that's what it shows us. And it's already coming down. All country world index has moved down significantly. And so the pattern here seems to be quite accurate. We'll, we'll see what happens. And I will give you updates on that statistic. Bank of America global earnings per share model predicts 0 to 10% by summer. This is not good, of course, for this is already tipped over, by the way. Very accurate. And you're looking here to basically say that these companies are not going to have the growth that they did before. So the growth from 2020 up until this point, great, fantastic. 2022, not the same thing. And pretty much all of the economists at this point are saying what we had over the past two years, not the same case. Doesn't necessarily mean we're going to have this huge, massive crash of 80%. And so, no, 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 that's not what it's saying. But don't expect what we saw before to be the same case today. What can you, the individual, do? There are a few things. I can go in all different directions, of course. But let's be honest about what we see today. If the growth isn't there, where are we going to see growth? I've talked about it 100 times before. One thing, if you don't want to necessarily um, you know, invest in Amazon stock because you're thinking, okay, the growth is going to be 5%, the growth is going to be 10%, why aren't you starting an Amazon business? What about that? If you don't have much money, you got to start to flip stuff. You find stuff around your house, you sell that on Amazon, you sell that on eBay. Go a step further. Find stuff at the clearance at Walmart. Resell that stuff. Start to accumulate some capital. When we look at our portfolios, we should have two portfolios. We should always have one that's more of a long term and then another that's more of a short term. This is important. At the same time, we need to take care of ourselves and our families. How do we do that? We have some storable food. What storable food? Hey, that astronaut, astronaut stuff? I don't want that. I don't want that stuff. No, no, no. What about beans? What about rice? What about pasta? What about having these things that just stores for a long period of time? Cans of stuff. You put it in a cool, dry place. Maybe the Mylar bags. You, you preserve it properly. You know, that's not the topic for this video. Preserve it properly. And you've got yourself, you know, some safety and security. All of these things, just some general tips. I know you guys love that. And I want to bring as much of that as I can. Sneak it in there for those who stayed until the end. And I do appreciate all of those fantastic comments that I've been getting recently. Really giving me the charge to keep this thing going. If you appreciate the information, hit that 
like button. Don't just hit it though. You got to smash that button. You got to destroy that button like it's uh, the Federal Reserve. All right. Bang it. I'll see you on the next one. If you haven't seen this video yet, you definitely got to check it out. Click it and I'll see you there.